0: Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network.
1: You're listening to Linux in the handshack. Shack. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now here are your hosts, Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD.
2: Well, hello and welcome everybody. You have tuned into episode number 251 of Linux in the Ham Shack. Uh, I'm the host for us, K5TUX, and with me tonight is Cheryl,
0: W5MOO,
2: and also Bill, and E4RD. Good evening. All right, so we're back. We're recording a little bit late, but that's entirely my fault and Cheryl's fault. I'm not going to take all the blame for it.
0: Oh, fine. (laughs) I wanted to go two weeks ago, but no. Yeah,
2: well, we can't go next weekend either. So, all right, Roll bar O. (laughs) <laughs> Ted's just a roll bar in the chat room, apropos of <laughs> nothing. I, I was like, okay, well,
0: my uh, motorcycle, motorcycle probably. Motorcycle roll bar, yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> okay. Well, that's that's from a conversation from a little bit ago. <laughs> anyway, we'll get the show started. The show being the most terrific amateur radio podcast on the internet, as everyone should know by now. And we we are getting more uh, followers and subscribers and listeners all the time, which is really cool. Silly people. Yeah, <laughs> silly people. Right. <laughs> just Stupid silly person. <laughs> Um, but along those lines uh we'll mention right up here at the top of the show that we've been invited to be on am talk live with neil rap w b h v p g uh we're gonna uh, connect to him via skype that's how he kind of does everything he you know takes people who call in and does a show on amateur radio and uh for some reason, he wanted us to be a part of it so we'll we'll go yeah. ahead and do that
3: yeah, he must be running out of topics. I, I
1: think so I, <laughs> he's pretty he doing low in the barrel
3: <laughs> it has been a while i forget how many episodes he's got on there uh let's see here he's up to episode 135
2: yeah so there were 130 well six now because well technically bill is going to be on next
3: week. yes i'll be on this week or this week that's right yeah yes. bill
2: will be on this week and then bill will be on next week with the rest of us so yes bill, bill's starting them move on but but we were the 135th and 6th choices. So, you know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, but anyway, we him.
2: have... <laughs> uh, yes, as as I feel for everyone who comes on our show as well. So uh, the <clears throat> URL will be in the show notes where you can find Hamtalk Live, uh, but it's real easy. Just go on the interwebs and search for Hamtalk Live, and you'll find it, and you can listen to us. And he broadcasts via Spreaker, which uh, you can listen to it on Spreaker, and I forget we we streamed it via Spreaker or did we stream it some other way when we were listening? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't, I don't remember either. But uh, Spreaker is um, one of those podcasty things, and <laughs> you know that's how he does the, his thing. So whatever. It costs money, so we don't use it. Um, yeah. So anyway, that's it. That's our lead topic. Look for us on Ham Talk Live. Uh, well, Bill this week and us next week so check it yes. out all right so with that let's move into some amateur radio topics this is our short format show so we're going to talk about some stuff shortly and that's quickly. right
3: <laughs> and i'll i'll start out mine since mine was a <laughs> this is a complete billism here okay. <clears throat> the, the ballots are out i received my ballot from the arrl for the director and vice director for my division i know there's several other divisions also going through election process right now so you should probably have your ballots uh either in your hands or probably lost somewhere in the mail system. Um, and I, I just mentioned, I took a picture of the, uh, of the ballot, which shows a picture of all the uh, people running for director and vice director. And there's just like a common theme uh, amongst them all. Um, they're just very old. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, one of my followers went back. It's like, well, that's not the only issue with diversity there. <laughs> and I'm like, well, there is a female, but well, yeah, it is a, it is pretty uh, uh, vanilla. <laughs> is,
2: she, is she also old?
3: No. Yeah, she is, too. Yeah, they're all old.
2: <laughs> okay, they're all old. Okay, that's so.
3: Yeah, so mine was like, hashtag, where are the youths? <laughs> 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 they seem to complain about everything about the ARL, <laughs> but I, I didn't see any of them in my ballot, so
2: yeah. Well, Bill, anyway. since you're more up on the ARL than Gerald than and I. Because I have not been a part of the organization for many, many years now, um, so if if you if you want to be a director or you know do some office in the ARRL, how does that happen? Is it nomination voting type thing? Is it I'd say yes. I want to do it or yes,
3: for director and vice director, those are nominated positions, so you have to be nominated for it, and then um, I guess you eventually get on the ballot at some point. Um, I'm not sure. We only had three and three, three for vice director and three for director. I'm not sure how popular of a position that is in the in the realm of the ARRL. I'm, I'm assuming there's a little bit more of a time commitment and stuff uh, related to that because you do have to, uh, I guess, make uh, make some accommodations to attend events and stuff like that throughout the entire district. Um, so yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little different than like a section, you know, a section manager, which I think is a, basically done the same way uh through a vote um uh, sounds, or, you know nomination Sounds
2: almost like a position for a retiree hmm
3: yeah it could be it could be <laughs> uh, yeah that's possibly it is like if it's a non-paid job which it is uh you know you you probably have to take time out of work if you're a working person to to do it so yeah i mean it kind of makes sense for the, the the older population uh to to do this type of role but i i just thought it was interesting i know like over in uh uh, up in New England, they have a couple of couple of uh, up and coming people uh, running over there. So we'll, we'll be excited to see how that turns out for their uh, their votes. But uh, mine's a boring a boring uh, division. So <laughs>
2: <laughs> you got all that wide open space.
3: Yes. All right.
2: So yeah, I haven't even looked up to see what's going on in the directorship of you know our section here. I have no idea. But I suppose I should pay more attention. But life goes on. All right, so anyway, uh, this next one doesn't look completely billized, so uh, I think we can let Cheryl do it.
0: What? What? Huh? <laughs> what you
2: mean huh? what? How come you're always caught off guard?
0: Because <laughs> I'm still recovering from driving home. <laughs> well,
2: I'm still recovering from working on the show notes while you were driving home, so.
0: Yeah, I find it amazing that 150 miles into the trip, you're like, oh crap, we're almost home.
2: <laughs> yeah, because I didn't see anyone go by. I was too busy doing stuff. So. Which was actually great for me. I'm sure it sucked for you. Yeah, anyway. it,
0: it sucked for me. Trust <laughs> me. So, yeah.
2: All right. So, anyway, go for it.
0: All right. So, our next story is about hurricane net activation is imminent. The Hurricane Watch Net, HWN, has announced tentative plans for to activate on October 9th at 2100 UTC on both 14.325 and 7.268, as now Hurricane Michael is forecast to become a Category 1 hurricane later today. Expected to make landfall somewhere on the Florida Panhandle in the evening of the 10th as strong as a Category 2 or possibly a major Category 3 hurricane.
2: Oh, so much fun to be in the Southeast these days.
0: <laughs> yeah, so here we go again. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> we live in Tornado Alley, just just like yeah. But that this way.
2: has been a really light tornado season, from what I recall. I don't even there. Maybe early in the season there were a couple of Warnings, you know pretty yeah. bad storms, and I know a few people have probably died from tornado related incidents. But it's nothing like this late hurricane season is turning into. True. Sure. So, all right, we'll be on the lookout for that. And if you need to uh, participate or want to participate in activation of those nets. That information will be in the show notes. And then we also have WRC 19, the agenda being set. IARU volunteers have been working for three years to progress agenda item 1.1 for the World Radio Conference 2019. Uh, This agenda item seeks a region one allocation at around 50 megahertz for the amateur service in the radio regulations table of frequency allocations to align with the allocations in regions two and three. At this meeting, two options were prepared. The first preferred by the majority of SEPT administrators actively participating in discussions and proposes a two megahertz secondary allocation for inclusion in Article 5 of the ITU radio regulations. The second option, which is the result of a major compromise brokered by the amateur movement following the last PTD meeting, uh, and it's preferred by U- Urao, <laughs> Eurao, and IARU, would see 500 kilohertz primary allocation from 50.0 to 50.5 megahertz. And a secondary allocation for the rest of it, 50.5 through 52. Either option would improve the current 50 megahertz international mechanisms, which permit amateur radio operation on a non interference, non protected basis. These options will be further considered at the next PTD meeting. Go. It's all about Yay. the, it's all about six minutes. Magic band. <laughs>
3: <laughs> or magic band goodness. Yeah. I know this has been a bone of contention for, uh, for a lot of people. So, uh, hopefully they'll get this resolved and, We'll uh, we'll see some six-meter action in some uh, new areas that uh, hasn't been allowed.
2: It's always nice when there are more allocations opened up to the amateur radio service, especially in interesting bands like six meters. Um, And so apparently IARU Regions 2 and 3 already have allocation in this space. Is that what I got from this? Yes. Uh, All allocation, primary?
3: Uh, I think we're IARU R aren't we? So, uh,
2: <laughs> Oh, so what's one, I'm sorry. What, what's IARU one? one is,
3: uh, I think Europe, if I recall correctly. Um, I'd have to look at my IARU, uh, region map. Let's see. IARU region map. Region. I haven't map. looked at
2: my, my QSL card recently. That's where, that's where it yeah. tells me what my IARU region is.
3: Okay, so Region 1 is Europe and Asia and Africa. Region 2 is all of North America and South America. Region 3 is like uh, South Pacific uh, and Asia, South Asia, Southeast Asia. Okay. So, yeah, so Region 2 and Region 3, of course, have 50 meters, uh, you know, 6 meters. And this is why Europe uses uh, 70 megahertz, <laughs> the 4-meter four, four meter band that we don't get because uh, they have allocations there and uh, we don't. Um, and I think it has to do with... Uh, you know, well for us it used to be TV stations were were the problem, but since we're no longer analog and TV, uh, we no longer have those terrestrial problems with uh, six meters. I think like channel three or four or something like that was right in the middle of the <coughs> fifty uh, six meter band. um But I think uh, over in Region One they still have uh, um, a different setup there, so they have other uh, primary uses for those frequencies. But I think that's also dying off. So hopefully they'll be able to clear this up, and we'll get uh, we'll get some six meter action. Uh, uh, completely uh, available for region one
2: yeah we probably don't have the uh, 70 megahertz because they're probably trying to commercialize it for a wireless service or something af- after it's been taken out of the tv service we yeah. usually don't fall into those kind of allocations they don't they don't come the amateurs the amateur radio way usually they they go to somebody who buys it and it turns into a commercial service or something yeah <laughs> All right, very good. There's our short topics in amateur radio for tonight. So let's move on and talk about some open source. And uh, since Bill's the .NET guy, we'll let him tackle the .NET story.
0: .NET, why, net. why are we talking about
2: <laughs> .NET for crying out loud?
3: Well, I don't know. And it's, it's also using a permissive MIT license. So it's kind of like borderline open source. But anyway, the Microsoft uh, inferred .NET machine learning framework goes open source. Microsoft announced that they open source their infer.net on GitHub under the permissive MIT license for free use in commercial applications. Infer.net is a framework for running Bayesian interference, oh, sorry, inference <laughs> in graphical <laughs> models. Uh, you can use infer.net to solve many different kinds of uh, machine learning problems from standard problems like classification, recommendation or clustering through uh, to customize solutions to domain-specific problems. Infer.net has been used in a wide variety of domains, including information retrieval, bioinformatics, epidemiology, vision, and many others. And that came to us from Microsoft. Ching, ching.
2: So, learning machine. So, it's an AI framework in .NET. Interesting.
3: Yep, yep. It's it going for... to be the open-source Watson yeah. or something. yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I wasn't think Watson
2: worked. built on some open source technology? Yeah, that's IBM's. So. though. Yeah, well, of course it's IBM's, but <clears throat> because IBM is better than Microsoft.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't uh, I don't recall which one uh, that 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 was originally forked or built from. But anyway, uh yeah, so this will run on .net and also .net core and I believe uh, Mono 5. So uh, it should run everywhere. So that's that's a nice part about this one.
2: Yes, and it is open source. Technically, it's MIT, which is an open source license, but it's a it's not a copy left license. It's a very permissible license. So it means that someone can take the code, create something with it, and then commercialize it. But the code itself will still be out there, available for you to do whatever you want to do with it too. Build your learning robot or sex robot or whatever it is you're going to build with it. Absolutely. Bill's like, I'm gonna I'm jotting this down, got to get on the sex robot.
0: <laughs> I'm
2: reading a Slack, sorry. <laughs> all right, so we have a quick flash topic, and that's Ansible 2.7 In the Light has been released. There's been a lot of talk on the uh, Admin Admin podcast, guys, about Ansible. They're all crazy for Ansible, you know. Uh, automatic building of servers and uh, deployment of applications space and stuff like that. It is kind of a cool thing, um, but you kind of have to be a real deep system admin type geek to be, to be interested in Ansible. Uh, it's a radically simple IT automation platform that makes your applications and systems easier to deploy. Avoid writing scripts or custom code to deploy and update your applications. Automate in a language that approaches plain English. Use SSH with no agents to install on remote systems. Uh, this particular release has several security fixes, among many new modules for Azure, Google Compute, and more. Check it out, and that's Ansible 2.7 being released. I know we've played around. We talked about Ansible once before. I think I don't. We didn't try to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We we talked um, impotently <laughs> about Ansible. Uh, yeah, but I, th-
3: like, I think uh, John was going to come teach us all about it.
2: <laughs> oh well, good. We need to have John come and do that. But yeah. like with all uh with all powerful tools, they have a fairly steep learning curve. So, you know. And and yes, it does have a human readable like language, um, but there is still structure and syntax that you have to learn. It's not like you can it's not like you can just say, Oh, go do this thing and blah blah blah. Yeah, it's not quite that free form, but uh it is powerful. So if you're into uh if you have a lot of systems to deploy and you want to do it in an automated fashion you should check out Ansible. Uh, there, there are lots of other applications that do that kind of thing. Um, some of them are open source. I can't remember if uh, Chef and Puppet are both open source. I think they are.
3: Yeah, I think they, they are. They were at one point.
2: <laughs> yeah. I know um, I've
3: used Chef for uh, doing like just some toy stuff. I never really got into uh, doing it for anything work or production related, but I, I did try it all out and thought it was pretty slick.
2: Yeah, and there's there's some other ones out there too, but uh, Ansible is, is really gaining in popularity. All right. Are you ready to read uh, a quickie one?
0: Sure. I'll read a quickie one.
2: All right. Read a quickie then.
0: Okay. So our last one is Open Source Firmware Conference 2018. Videos are online. The conference was last month in Europe. If you're interested in content from it, they have a slew of videos from the presentations there.
2: Yeah, that, that was pretty, uh, short, to pretty the point. Short. Yeah, that's short. That's <laughs> more of a flash <laughs> topic than the flash topic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, <laughs> should, I should have made it a flash
3: topic. But, yeah, it's uh, over on YouTube. So you can, you can find that there. or We'll link it in the show notes for you.
2: Open Source Firmware Conference. That sounds interesting. I wonder what kind of uh, embedded machineries and, you know, Internet of Things type stuff they were doing over there. I think I'm going to go check out that YouTube channel and see. Yeah, they they have, like, a
3: Linux boot status report, a journey from closed to open, why memory is a hard problem in a modern computer architecture, core boot main board porting, Uh, open BMC. Uh, Let's see here. Google secure microcontroller and CCD. So a lot of cool and interesting little topics, dynamic tables framework, uh, a tale of reusability and core boot. So uh, yeah, deep in the deep in the depths of boot, <laughs> check check it out if you're like that geeky. I I don't
2: think I am. <laughs> if you if you know all of the things you can do with BusyBox, check this out. Yeah, it's it's going to be like porn for you. So, <laughs> all right. So I'm going to tackle this next one in our Linux in the Shack segment because the last two are 100% vilified. So we're going to have to let him do the last
0: <laughs> uh,
2: So this first one is a another flash topic, I guess, if you want to say. Um, FT8 Call is a new mode that's based on FT8. We've talked about it before. It's actually a rag-chew FT8 mode, which is a sort of quasi-contradictory um, and I actually couldn't get it to work the other day when I tried it, but I think that was a machine configuration problem because as soon as I rebooted and started up FT8, everything was working fine. Uh, and I never did try to get FT8 call working again. However, I can no longer get FT8 call to work, nor can you because it's not called FT8 call anymore. It's called JS8 call. Um, and after getting notice of the WSJT's team disapproval of naming the project FT8 call, the team renames the application to JS8 call, and releases a new version, 0.7.2. And I just got an email from the list not that long ago uh, outlining the features of uh, 0.7.2, and apparently they're calling it a major release. So,
3: <laughs> Yeah, I think they had 0.7 out when they first made the change, but I think it had a, a few problems, <laughs> and it got quickly changed in the next day or two. So, <laughs> Yeah, and I forget so. what
2: uh, JS who JS did for. Um, I know I saw it in the list, but... <clears throat> I don't recall. I don't recall either. It, it's, it's the apparently some of the code or the, the major part of the code for FT8 call now JS8 call was created by somebody whose initials are JS and I don't remember who that is. So, uh, but anyway, yes, check out JS8 call if you want to rag chew on FT8 or something like that.
3: <laughs> yeah. It's the new hotness, I guess. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. Until <laughs> we'll the new, see. until, until like JS4 call comes out or whatever, you know.
3: Yeah. Yeah. twice like, the text, half the, <laughs> I don't.
2: <know>. <laughs> <laughs> it's all getting Alrighty. stupid in the digital world. But anyway, let's go GitHub dumpster diving.
3: Yes, yes, we're gonna go GitHubbing and get labbing tonight. We're we're double dipping here. We're going into a both both repo trash heaps. <laughs> <So> before <laughs> before really you do
2: that, there's a there's a comment a relevant huh? comment in the chat room. There's lots of comments in the chat room, but there's a relevant one, and that is that logbook of the world does not accept JS8 call. So if you're logging via logbook of the world that is important i also know i also saw something about uh another logger or there were uh, i think it was eqsl was trying to update to accept things like ft8 i'm not sure they have done that or not
3: yeah this is this is always the case i mean even when uh uh, ft8 you know was originally released it took uh several weeks for uh those extensions to get added into uh, logbook of the world and you know trickle through all the other loggers that are out there. So, uh, yeah, it takes it takes a little while. Initially, you can just throw it in as a digital contact like RIDI or FSK or something like that. That way you can get it logged and then you can just go and update it later on.
2: All right. So as with all things, when the technologies are brand new, it takes the other folks that are sort of contingent upon that technology some time to catch up. So it will be there eventually. Uh, yeah, but just especially be aware if they
3: change the name, right? Exactly.
2: <laughs> so just be aware that if you're using one of these new modes that uh, and, and a digital logger, that you may have some trouble actually logging contacts for a little while. Okay, yeah, now you the store them to in the
3: your data. log and you can transmit them later. So no big yeah, deal. Absolutely. But anyway, back to back to GitHubing. So uh, I found a couple of interesting uh, projects here on GitHub that have been recently updated. Uh, first one comes to us from Steven Hauser, N1SH. It's called CUSO Mapper. And uh, it's a JavaScript web page to plot uh, ADIF, uh, you know, log an ADIF file on a Google map. And it's uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, the link is in the show notes. And he has a little test page up so you can see what it looks like. And it, uh, it brings up a nice little map that you can zoom, you know, like Google Maps. <laughs> and uh, you can select a file. You can do whatever you want. If you want to run a local file, you can uh, uh, do whatever you want with that. Uh, it looks like a pretty cool little project to do something simple and sweet. I'm thinking of uh, possibly using this for uh, a national or world jamboree next year because we want to keep some kind of map of the contacts that are going on at the moment. And this might be an option just to keep a an ADIF file constantly updated on that box. But uh, yeah, check that out. Uh, and another project here was from uh, Christian uh, or Christogen Konkus i'm sure that's pronounced wrong <laughs> it's a dx spider deployment script for uh for doing a, a dx spider soft uh, server uh sorry uh, D- <laughs> yeah dx spider deployment that's what it's called uh this is a deployment project for dx spider amateur radio dx cluster software it's an independent of the dx spider development uh, this project focuses on easy dx spider deployment in virtualized cloud environments and as such is focused primarily on supporting telnet nodes running on TCP networks. And basically, this is a, a Docker setup. So you could uh, run a DX spider, uh, DX cluster inside of a Docker container. So uh, check that out. It's uh, on GitHub. This is actually and... the cluster
2: server? Yes. Okay. So you, you spin it up in a Docker instance, and then you telnet to it, and people can log contacts. Yes. Or, or uh, log spots, not contacts. Yep. Okay. Very yep. cool.
3: So it sets up a DX spider node. Okay. (laughs) Yes, and it's very, very well documented, and you can see how to set it up, and then you can tell that right into it, and it it behaves just like uh, any DX spider node, so it's pretty cool. Um, The other project comes from GitLab. This is the first time I've kind of dumped in or dived into GitLab, and finding projects was kind of interesting to start with because I didn't know where to look, (laughs) Um, but I did find the search button, so it was not that hard. Uh, so I found this project from uh, <laughs> Nolan. Uh, uh, I, I don't I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Derilek? Derilek? Is he? Derilek? Dary- Do we need Dary-lek. to get
2: Doctor Who for the Daleks
3: Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Do- uh, Nolan. Uh, <laughs> Nolan D. Anyway, uh, yeah, he has a uh, Chirp Flatpak project here. So this is a Chirp. I think everybody's heard of that before. It's a free and open source tool for programming your amateur radio. And, of course, Flatpak, the future of app. Application distribution across Linux desktops. So this is a merging of the two. This is Chirp Flatpak channel is the quickest, easiest way to install and update Chirp across any Linux distribution that supports Flatpaks. And like we talked about in our uh, deep dive episode on all the virtualization techniques of you know Flatpak packing and snaps and everything else. Uh, yeah, this is just another way to get an application onto your computer. And uh, now you have one that you can run Chirp with. So this is a pretty cool project here on, over on GitLab.
2: All right, very cool. It's kind of interesting that you should mention uh this chirp flat pack project because in our next episode I'll be talking about a distribution that supports flat pack. So Sweet. Go.
3: Is the whole OS flat pack?
2: The whole OS is not flat pack but darn well, you'll, just, you'll just have to tune into the next episode to hear about that. Cool, I will. I bet you will, yes. All right, so with that, we have actually come to the end of our topics for tonight's show, but we do still have a social media roundup to do, so we can let everybody know all of those people who support us, and we really appreciate those people, so have at it.
0: All right, I shall do that. So on our list this week for Patreons, we have Andy Webster, which is new, William Heckelman, Cubicle Nate, John Spriggs, Steve Saner, Donald Gover, Robert Pitts, Paul Griffith, Jonas Rullo, Samuel Vines, Steve Metcalf, Chris Beggio, and Darren King. For subscriptions, we have James Lewis, Steve Hepler, Jeff Zimmerman, Michael Jopling, Steve Nichols, Todd Bowers, Thor Wiegman, Stephen Harp, Charlie Brown, Kevin Murray, Wayne Carpenter, Doug Redder, Bill Piotr, Dylan Engel, Alan Wilson, John Clark, Robert Halliday, Brian Smith, Johnny Kinsey, Ronald Ikey. Robert Yerke, Michael Connolly, and Jeremy Hall on this uh, this Facebook week or two weeks, uh, we had Horace Henson, Fred Smith, Jeff Zacher, and Bill Johnson. Uh, nobody for Google Plus though, which shocks me. Uh, Google Plus is dead. Google Plus is dead. I never got into the Google Plus. <laughs> we so. have
2: we have like almost two thousand people in that group. It's Dead now. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, yeah, but Google, I just they never ju- got into Google Plus. Yeah, yeah, pretty much.
2: Well, good. Then we won't have to talk about it anymore.
0: Yeah, there you go. We'll just talk
2: about all the people who sign up on our Discord from now on. Yeah, yeah there you go. Yeah, that's yeah, what we exactly. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. So for Twitter, we have at Bitwise underscore literal, at N4MDP, at 4Logbook, at FG8OJ, at Albert at KF8MZ, at KN4IIY, at MMArantech. At King Three underscore L X X X I I and at Brandon underscore R A S for YouTube we have Ron Griffith, Jim Rorick, Lee. Acorn. Careful! <laughs> <laughs> I was I was going to be careful of that. For Quaharson, I'm going to go with that. I'm yeah. yeah. And Ed Dugo for the mailing list we have Arthur Petway and Dave Wilcox and number no merchandise sales.
2: All right, there we go. We are down to the end of the list. So we should probably take a quick look at the chat room and see who all is in there.
0: Have have you mentioned that we have, like, new merch? Uh,
2: Yes, we have. Yes. Okay. Yes. That was last week. Yeah, and we're going to mention it again this week, but on the next show. On the gotcha. Yeah. So uh, in the chat room, we have uh, Don, KBTYSI. We have, I forget what KC0NUK's name is. I'm bad about that kind of thing.
0: Um, Duh. I, and I'm Everybody goes fishing brain. around for it while <laughs> waiting for him to... Um, I'm having a brain fart right now. I'm so. just going to do
2: call signs. Well, now we have Dave KB0OWD Jeremy. as well. We have Jeremy. Uh, we also have K5 or KF5TQN, another person I don't remember the name of. She's looking up frantically. What is
0: it? No, no, no. Sorry, I missed the call sign.
2: KF5TQN. They'll probably just say it in the chat room before before you look it up, but if he's still listening.
0: KF5 what?
2: TQN. TQN
0: daniel Watt.
2: okay daniel excellent or dan whichever and we also have ted w a zero e i r and i think that's it for like all of the the actives
0: oh fine i don't oh count. i
2: think uh cubicle nate was in earlier i don't know if yeah. he uh actually made it to the live show he was just at the beginning i think
3: yeah He would have made it if we were on time or our normal late, right?
2: (laughs) Which is almost the same thing. But
0: (laughs) our normal late, which is eight thirty, or our late today, which was nine (laughs) o'clock. Yeah. All
2: right. So very good. Thanks everybody for tuning into the live show. Uh, Thanks everybody who supports us, and uh, thank you all for listening uh, to the show. You know, afterwards when we release it as a podcast, we appreciate you guys. And look for us again on. Talk live, uh Bill, this coming Thursday, and the rest of us, or all of us, on the 18th. So that should be pretty fun. And with that, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up. You've been listening to episode number 251 of Linux in the Ham Shack. And uh, sure you tune in for uh, our Thursday weekend or two. We got some cool stuff coming up there. And then we got a really good deep dive after that. So lots of fun stuff coming up. Woo-hoo. All right, so with that, we're on out of here. I'm Russ, K5TUX.
3: I'm Cheryl,
0: W5MOO.
3: And I'm Bill, NE4RD73.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a community-sponsored podcast. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. You can support the program by visiting the LHS Patreon page of patreoncom Podcast or using the contribute link on the website. Get in touch via social media. The show has a presence on Google+, Facebook, Twitter, Discord and YouTube. Or you can drop an email to info at or record a voicemail at 1-909-LHS-SHOW. That's one 1-909- 909 547 7469. Visit the IRC channel, LHS Podcast, on the Freenode IRC network. Also visit the online merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable LHS merchandise. Become an ambassador and represent LHS at a Linux convention or hamfest. Email ambassadors at lhspodcast.info or visit the website for details. The podcast is recorded live every Monday night at eight o'clock p.m. Central Time. Connect to the stream at stream.blacksparrowmedia.net: eight thousand eight stroke LHS live. Until next time, over and out.